We're starting a brand new series today called Extreme uh, Home Makeover. And I'm not a, a building expert, certainly not a renovation expert. Uh, my wife will attest to that. I went to a men's conference once and I won uh, a massive tool set. And everybody knew, everybody knew that when I won that tool set, they actually they handed it to me and they said, you know, it's not fair that your wife wins tools at a men's conference. And I was like, you know, she'll be happy. Very happy. She's used them way more than me. So I'm not an expert in renovations, but I did, I did watch. How many of you watched the Extreme Makeover Home Edition show? Like, I mean, a lot of us that, you know, were you like me where you kind of were like were a puddle of tears every single show when Ty Pennington says, like, bus driver, move that bus. You remember? You're like, <laughs> I, thought, I was like me every single show. I was like, oh. It just, it just be a mess. And I, I was, I'd learned a lot from that show. And one thing that I learned is that if you're going to do a, a makeover or a renovation, yeah, I mean, you can, you can put the, the nicest paint and siding, and you can, you can put all the beautiful stuff on the exterior. But if the foundation is weak, there's no point. It's not going to work. That the foundation is the most, key, is the key important in, ingredient. In fact, I grew up, uh, we, we lived for a season in Drumheller. We had a, a street, uh, a house down our street that did a, a major makeover, and and the you know it was beautiful. They renovated the house and the out exterior, and I, I'm sure the interior looked beautiful. But just like a week or two after they renovated this house, I was riding you know to school on my bike, and and I looked, and suddenly, I guess the house was built on over top of a coal mine. This is what I found out later. And the house literally split in half. Like I went to school one day, and the house was beautiful and you know renovated. And I went to the next day, and literally the house was in half. I'd never seen anything like that, and I was like hoping nobody was in there. <laughs> but I, but it's crazy. And I was thinking, oh, like it doesn't matter what you do to the exterior. It's, it's the foundation is all important. And that's what this series is all about, is we're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about family relationships. We're going to be talking about marriage relationships. We're going to be talking about all sorts of relationships. But we're going to key in on some foundations that make relationships work. Jesus said the foundation is all important. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, everyone who hears these words of mine, and then this is the key part, and puts them into practice. It's not just good enough to hear, you have to be able to put it into practice. Then he says this, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds, uh, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fail because it had its foundation. There's the key word, its foundation on the rock. The rock, of course, that Jesus is referring to is a metaphor he's referring to his teaching and his way of doing things. God has a way of doing things, right? God has, has, has instructions, and here, here's, for those of you who might be new to, to Christianity or to the Bible or to, to relationship with God, here, here's what God, I believe, and you can prove me wrong, try, it's all good, but I believe, after much research and personal research, I believe that God is the creator of all things, I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that God created us. And as the creator, 
God put into place some, some laws, some principles, and gave us instruction manual on how to live the best life. That's what a lot of the instructions are in the Bible, is how to live the best life. And there's a lot of instructions in the Bible on how to have the best relationships, how to live the best life. And the truth is, is a lot of those instructions are, are not natural, right? They're not, they're not something that it you know, that we would automatically assume, but their instructions, and some would call that because they're unnatural, some would call them, you know, old-fashioned, or some would call them, you know, you know, I don't know, religious. But the truth is, is the principles that Jesus gives us, the principles that the Bible gives us on relationships are, are principles that, if applied, work whether you're a believer or not a believer. And what Jesus is saying is, is he's saying, hey, He's not saying if a storm will come. He says when a storm will come, the foundation's going to get tested. And he says if you build your relationships, if you build your life, if you build your, your, your belief system on the foundations, on his teachings, not just on, not just on what you're hearing, but actually applying these teachings, then he says you will, when the storms come, your relationship, your life will stand. And then he goes on, he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. Come on. We live, we live in a society, in a world today, don't we, that, that we hear and, and we, live, we live in a society that's based on Christian principles and diff different things. And so in our world, this is even more true than in Jesus' world when he was speaking this, is, is that today people hear and know even if you didn't grow up in church, you know a lot of biblical principles because our society has been based on, our laws have been based on, our morality has been based on Jesus' teachings. That's just the, the way that we live. But not everyone who hears does it. <laughs> Come on, we're in church. We can, we can. We... <laughs> not everyone who goes to church and hears Jesus' principles applies them. Not every Christian, okay, not every Christian who knows what the Bible says does it. No one's ready to admit that? Okay, I'll, I'll admit it. I've got, I got some things where, you know, yeah, I'm like, oh, right. I tried it my own way and got my own results. <laughs> It, it wasn't the same. And then I learned what, what the Bible says and went, oh, there's a different way. It's not just good enough to hear. It's not just good enough to attend church. It's not just good enough to read the Bible. You have to apply it. Yes? <laughs> Come on. It, it, it's not so easy to agree to that these days, is it? Because we're... There's lots of Christians, Christians, churches, who are thinking, ah, that's not really applicable today. Come on, there's principles in the Bible that are unnatural, but are still true. There's things that, principles that Jesus taught us that we might not feel are relevant, or they might be old-fashioned, or we might think they're old-fashioned, but the truth is these principles work. And nothing is more true to that than how we view relationships. Jesus gave us, the Bible gives us, 
a set of foundations, of principles that we apply to relationships that might feel, and I think this is one of the greatest areas in, in controversies in, in Christianity today and in church today, is some of these principles, especially when it applies, some of these foundations, especially when it applies to our, our relationships, this is where we compromise more than anything else. This is where we make excuses as to, well, that's old-fashioned, and that's not today, and that's not my situation, and you don't know, and, need this, da, 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 and we don't have to do this. We do this in relationships more than anything else. And at the same time, come on, church, at the same time, this is the area of most pain. Yeah. This is where we hurt the most. This is where we experience the most pain is in our relationships. And here's where we experience some of the most storms is our relationships. Isn't it true? This is where we experience the most storms. And Jesus doesn't say, doesn't say, you know, the storm, if the storm comes, he says, the rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat it against that house. And then he says, and it fell with a great crash. So this is what Jesus said. If you're going to build your relationships, build it on a solid foundation. And a solid foundation is going to withstand the storm. Not if the storm comes, when the storm comes. And the house that will stand is the one that doesn't just hear Jesus' principle, but applies these principles. There's a difference between hearing and knowing. Now, some of these principles, let's look at, we're going to look at some of them. This is, this is what Paul said. This is the language he used in, in, to the church in Philippi. He said this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Okay. He doesn't just say, hey, in your own, in your own life, in your own faith, in your own religion, have, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. He said, that, like, there's not, listen, he's not saying... You separate, you can separate your religious life from your everyday life. He says, when it comes to your relationships, you got to think like Jesus too. Okay. What is that? Well, Paul explains. He says this. In verse 3, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. <laughs> that word nothing's big, isn't it? Do nothing. That's a huge word. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of the others. Okay, so remember I said Jesus' principles and the way Jesus taught is unnatural? Come on, the world teaches. Doesn't the world teach? Is you, the world teaches us. Society teaches us. Our culture teaches us. Look out for number one. Number one being yourself. We, we have relationship books. We have relationship teaching. We have all these things that's saying when it, when it comes to your relationships, you got to look after yourself first. Protect yourself. There's even teaching. Come on. And this is, there's, there's an element of truth in this, but it's gone too far in my opinion. There's even teaching that you cannot love others if you don't love yourself. True. There's a, there's a love and respect that you have to have your, for yourself. Jesus said, love others as you love yourself. True. But we focus too much on self. 
And what Paul says, to have the same mindset as Jesus, who had nothing, did nothing out of selfish ambition. Nothing is a big word. That's a big nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Or rather in humility, value others above yourself. Value others above yourself. Value others above yourself. Man. The world's way is the opposite. We enter into relationships because of how it's going to benefit us and how it's going to make us feel. We, we say things like, well, I fell in love. <laughs> or I fell out of love. Right? I, I, I fell in love. Well, we just fell out of love. We say this so often. Look, at, we don't understand when we say things like that. That's how society says it. But we don't fully understand what love is. Paul described love and defined love as love is patient. When's the last time you fell into patience? That has never happened to me. I've, ne I've, never, I've never just stumbled and fell right into patience. Like I just... I've fallen out of patience. I've never, fallen in, I've never fallen into patience. Love is kind. How many of you have just fallen into kindness? Like it, it doesn't happen, right? Or love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Ooh, that one's, wow. That one's enough. To like, love doesn't wait to catch someone doing the wrong thing or reminding them all the wrong things they ever did and dredging up all the stuff that they did in the past. Love doesn't delight in where they've messed up. It rejoices in when they got it right. Rejoices in the truth. It always protects. These are big words. Never, nothing, always. Always protects. Always trusts. What? That's not natural. What do you mean always trusts? Always hopes, always perseveres, and never fails. In other words, it's impossible to fall out of. Come on. It's getting really quiet in here. Help me out online. <laughs> All right, come on. You can't fall in and out. And here's, here's the thing. This is, this is what I want, I want to get across. The foundation that we're talking about today, the foundation that Jesus says, the principles, that when the storms come, one of the foundations in all of our relationships is, we need, is, is love. We need to understand what love is. And we need to understand what love is not. We, and, we, and society does not teach us what love is. It doesn't teach us this stuff. It teaches us that love is based on emotions, love is based on feelings, love is based on how the other one behaves or doesn't. And really, really what it teaches us, what society teaches us is more 
that love is need. So when we say, I love you, we could actually, in the world's way, we could actually translate it as, I need you. And the moment I don't need you anymore, I fall out of love. Come on. We get into relationships based on need. I need you to meet my ego, to meet my, my loneliness, to meet my needs. And so I go, cra- I go looking for someone to meet my need. And the moment I, I put that pressure on you, I've fallen into love. I fall into love. Somebody is, has stepped up and is now able to meet whatever I'm lacking, meet my need. And the moment that I don't need them anymore, I fall out. Does this make sense? So come on. This is not just in romantic relationships. Come on. We say to our kids, I love you. Does love always trust? (laughs) Come on. Sometimes we we put the pressure on our kids to meet our needs. And when they can't live up to our expectations or our needs, they become hard to love. But love isn't need-based. Come on, we're talking foundations. I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus taught us principles. Jesus taught us principles that he said, when the storms come, storms are going to come in relationships. Storms are going to come. I promise you storms are come. Jesus said, if you hear these words of mine and apply them, when the storm comes, you're going to stand. So when the pressure comes, and if I put all the pressure on my wife to meet all of my needs, when the storm comes, I'm going to feel, I'm going to have the feelings that she's not meeting my expectations. She's not meeting my needs. And if I put that pressure on her, it's undue pressure. And we can get into the house starts to shake. Right? Or we get into too familiar territory where. I don't feel the need at the same way, and so all of a sudden we start to drift. Because love, we interpret love as need instead of the kind of love Jesus said it is. Now, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, if you're like me, you read it and you're going, I can't live up to that. Like, trust always? Come on. Always hopes, always perseveres, never fails. The one I get hung up on all the time is patient. That's not natural. <laughs> Especially for me. Come on. Right, love is always patient. Love is always, like, always kind. What? But listen, when I look at it as far as my expectations and, and what I'm supposed to do, it's hard. But when I look at it from the other as the one receiving 
I thank God that he's always patient with me. He's always kind with me. He, oh, he doesn't keep records of wrongs. He, he always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Come on, because, because John said that God is love. So when Paul gives us a definition of what love is, you can interpret love with the word God in there, and you're going, wow, I'm so glad that I can receive that kind of love. And if I can receive that kind of love, if he can be that patient with me, I, in turn, can give that to someone else. Let's go back to Philippians for a second. Because Paul says this, he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. We heard, okay, same mindset. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. If there's anybody who had a right to, to use his God card, <laughs> right, to his own advantage, and, and say, hey, I made you all, you got, all got to submit, you got, you know, got to serve, you got to kind of fall in line. Jesus never used his God card to his own advantage. The fact that he was God, and he didn't use that to his own advantage. Rather, look at this, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus did what he did for us because he first loved us. Jesus didn't need us. He loved us. Yes? Okay. And then commanded us to love one another as he loved us. Oof. So here's the question. This is the question you're going to have. This question I'm going to have. If there's a difference between I love you and we're in Jesus' way, where I'm always valuing others above, I'm always trusting, I'm never failing, I'm always giving. If, if we do that, how do I get my needs met then? If I'm always the one giving, if that's what love is, I'm always giving, how do I get my needs met then? Like, anybody else asking that question? This is good, Pastor Kelly, but what about me? How do I get my needs met then? Paul tells us. Said, love like Jesus did, have the same mindset as Jesus, who made himself a servant. He says, then he says this, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name, gave him the name above every name. In other words, Jesus gave with no expectation of anybody giving back to him on earth because his source wasn't his disciples or the people. His source was God. He gave trusting that God would exalt him, trusting that God would meet his needs. Here's, here's here, let me sum this up. The foundation, the first foundation, we, the first principle that we need to build our lives on is to love and have the same mindset in our overall relationships that Jesus did, to build our, our foundation on loving like he loved, which is virtually impossible in the natural. But here's the thing. If you build on this foundation, come on, when the storm comes in our relationships, the house will stand. That's the promise. The house will stand. And there's some choices that need to be made, and love is patient. 
Patience is a choice. Love is kind. Kindness is a choice. There's some choices. Rather than demands, rather than expectations, I will trust if you prove yourself trustworthy. No, love always trusts. I will, I will be patient if you deserve it. No, love is patient. And here, here's something to think about. The, natu- the, the, the way that we naturally think about love is I need you, and when I, when I slip into I need you instead of I love you, when I slip into need, that's when I become impatient, unkind, hold records against you, do all these kind of things, because I'll become impatient because you didn't live up to my expectation. I'll become untrusting because you didn't meet my needs. And if I'm looking to you to be the source, to meet my needs, impatience is going to happen all day long. Failure is going to happen all day long. It's too much pressure to put on my wife to meet all my needs. It's too much pressure for her to put on me to meet all of her needs. But watch what happens. If I get all of my needs, my source, from God, and he becomes my source, I can love unconditionally, not needing from you anymore, because I have my security and my significance in him. And therefore, I can love with patience, because I don't need you to run at my pace anymore, because God is my source. I can operate with kindness because he's been so kind to me and he's my source. Does this make sense? And it takes the pressure off. And this is what Jesus, this is how Jesus, Jesus could be patient with Judas. Jesus could be patient with Peter because Peter wasn't his source. Can you imagine how frustrated if, if, if Jesus needed Peter? I need you to get this. Like Peter, like at the end, after three years, Denied to a servant girl. Like, talk about not getting it. And Jesus could have thought, naturally have thought, man, this guy, I poured everything into him and he has done nothing. He doesn't get it, Father. But yet, Jesus took his source from the Father so that he could reach out to Peter and bring the healing. And when Peter got that unconditional love, look at all, all of a sudden when the storm and the storm came, all of a sudden, he could return to fully trusting. Does this make sense? It's a foundation. Jesus submitted himself to others, and God exalted him. God wants us to be the supplier of all of our needs. And here's what I want you, this is, this is how we look at this naturally. I want you, next time you say I love you, I want you to, I want you to evaluate honestly. Come on, all of us. This is so, so unnatural. All of us put undue pressure on the people around us to supply our needs. We put undue pressure on our kids to meet our egos, to, to meet our identity. Come on. I've seen Walmart parents. 
kids are going to act up and, and the parents go crazy, not because they're disappointing the kids, because they're afraid their reputation. <laughs> See this stuff? And then we mistreat our kids because we're embarrassed. It's not about them, it's about us. Right? I want you to evaluate your relationships in, in light of need or love. Need or love. God's kind of love. And this is the foundation. God's kind of love that will stand the most difficult storms. Here's today's takeaway, simply this, is that true love is selfless. True love is selfless. That, I mean, that seems so easy to say, but true love always values others. Always give. True love is selfless. An unshakable love is one that can love another without needing them. And many times when people fall out of love, it really just means I don't need you anymore. God, help us to love as you love. Thank you so much for loving us unconditionally. Thank you for your patience, your kindness, for not keeping records of wrongs against us, for always trusting, always hoping, for persevering, for never failing, never giving up on us. And God, I pray that you'd help us to love as you have loved, not based on feelings, based on you being our source, our supply of security and significance. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, I promise you, you've never been loved like he can love you. No human can live up to that standard all the time, but God is love. This is not what he does or doesn't do. It's his nature. It's who he is. He wants relationship with you. He's always loved you, whether you loved him back. But there's a decision that we can each make to reciprocate that kind of love back. Paul said, who wrote, in our relationships have the same mindset as Jesus. Same Paul wrote, if you want relationship with Jesus, all you need to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is God. And believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now that does just that. We're going to confess with our mouth that Jesus is God. And if you believe that Jesus rose again from the dead and, and is God, then right here, right now, you can begin relationship with him. It's not joining a church, not at all. It's not joining a religion. Quite the opposite. It's relationship with him. Let's pray this together. Everyone repeat this after me. If you're watching from home, would you pray this with me wherever you're? Watching from, let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe 
that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, and my friend. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins, for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads out of respect to the people around you. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, everyone else's eyes are closed. Would you just boldly raise up your hand and give me a wave and say, yeah, Pastor, I prayed this prayer for the first time. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus today. And at the end of the service, we'd love to give you a Bible. It's our free gift to you. It explains what this is all about. I'll look around one more time, make sure I didn't miss anyone. So if you prayed this prayer for the first time and you're watching online, just click like on the I Have Decided comment below and our team will reach out to you and send you that Bible as well. Amen. Isn't God good? Come on. It's, the day, it's, it's a day to be thankful in the fact that we're unconditionally loved, that God loves us like that. Man, let's, let's worship him. Let's thank him for that on Thanksgiving. Be most thankful for the the love, unconditional love that we get and we receive from him. Let's stand and worship him one more time.